Welcome to the Mission Life Podcast, where we feature stories of people putting their faith into action. Today, I'm excited to bring you the incredible story of James Amar, a Burmese pastor and church planner who is making disciples in Atlanta and around the United States. It's a story of courage, of never giving up, of persecution, and of seeing God do miracles. You'll want to stick around and listen to the entire interview. Audio and show notes are available at jeffreams.com. So let's get started. God can do everything through, through me, and uh, I can do everything through Christ too. So I love, I love what I'm doing. That's the voice of James Amar. I met with James at his home in Clarkston, Georgia. We sat outside on a warm, windy day to talk about his life and the work God has called him to do. But his story doesn't start in Clarkston. It starts in Burma, a country I bet few of us uh, could even find on a map. Burma is in Southeast Asia. China and Thailand border the country from the east and Bangladesh and India to the west. The country was renamed Myanmar in 1989 by the ruling party. Burma has around 54 million people and is slightly larger than Texas. It's roughly 88% Buddhist, 6% Christian, and 4% Muslim. James was born in Calais, Burma to Christian parents who loved the Lord and sought the best for their children. His mom and dad were both involved in ministry as James grew up, but it was his mom who had the biggest impact on him. My mom is not uh, educated. She doesn't read or write her own language, even Burmese. But she, she is, she was, and she is, and she's still the best teacher for me, and who who uh, bring me to Christ, who teach me about Christ. I was in the far place from my uh, my vi- my village for educations because my parents want me to be educated person. Uh, in that times, even now in Burma, education system is very low, so uh, people want to want to be a very educated people. Here in here in Clarkstones, I can you will see that a lot of Burmese people are here, but adult they are uneducated. They don't read their own language. They don't write their own language. They just speak. That's because they did not go to school. They fear about the government. For women, they fear about rape. Uh, for boys, they fear about kidnapped to be an army. So, because they need to they need to cross or past jungles to get to the school so many people fear to go to school even though they want to go so my mom was my mom and um, my my parents were just like that too um, so even though she was uneducated my mom is uh, always good at teaching to me so I I want to ring on from my this is about two days by bus and we did not have mail we did not have email we did not have phone phone to call so they usually send a letters that my father wrote and then uh, my mom speaking my father wrote 
and then they send it with somebody who go to Rangoon because this time we don't have mail like UPS or USPS like that. So my mom usually put some Bible verses and then about Jesus, sometimes Bible story like Daniel or Moses, something like that. And then in, in the bottom line, they always put Bible verses especially what they never forget to write is uh, John 3 16 you know they they write like that and they usually send me but at first it doesn't it doesn't mean to me anything sometimes when I see the, the Bible verse and I don't read it just skip it um, but when uh, God prepare my heart later on the Bible verses become like every time when they write a letter the, the letter they write they, they, they wrote on the paper I skip it I read the Bible verse that that's that's how I uh, got prepared my heart and then later by later I just would like to read more about Jesus and that's how my mom introduced me Christ James traces his spiritual heritage to mid 19th century Baptist missionary Adoniram Judson who served in Burma almost 40 years. Judson's work had a tremendous impact on the country. He died leaving behind a translated Bible, a Burmese English dictionary. He helped plant around 100 churches and left behind an estimated 8,000 believers. But the personal costs to him and his family were quite severe. He was imprisoned in, in, the, in, in Rangoon for different times, many times, persecuted many times. His wife died in Burma. His children died in Burma, but he was in prison. He translate Bible into Burmese, and that Bible still the best, the best and the, mo the most powerful translations we have in Burma. In Burma, I myself, we have a PhD degree. We translate different books. People translate Bible into Burmese, but the Judson version is still the most powerful. He translated from prisons with many struggles, trials. So Burmese people will never forget him. Now this has been over 200 years, but he's still in our heart. Once coming to Jesus, James immediately wanted to tell everyone about his new faith. But most people didn't want to hear it. James lost many friends and some became very angry when he tried to witness to them. For those that did want to hear, James gathered them together to disciple them in house churches. By 2012, the work had grown and now James and his family had become a target. Uh, until 2012, we already have like 360 house churches in four different states. Uh, we call ourselves Jesus Missionary Association because uh, we associate, we work together with missionary, native missionary in Burma. And then we try to support them too. Uh, we go different villages and preach the gospel and train them to be disciple. And then um, we also help children to get educations 
in 2012, we were not allowed to allowed to worship at home. So when we worship, play guitar, praise God loudly, the authority will come and said, you can't worship at house. You need to go to the church. Uh, and I said, well, then allow us to build a church building. So we will we'll have a building and we'll go, to, we'll go there for worshiping. But they will not allow us to build a building again. So we got some kinds of struggles for a long time and many times uh, because of worshiping they take me out in prisons uh, many times when we have even Rohingyas who are Muslim from Rakhine run to Magui uh, we help them to we give them foods and then uh, we try to preach the gospel too but when they know our people start arrest. Um, our native missionary who work with us, they missing, so we don't know where they are. And then um, some people run to Thailand. Uh, but now we can connect it again with those people. That was amazing through Facebook. Um, so my sisters was arrested in prisons. First, we did not know where she was, but uh, uh, after months, we start to know that she's far from Rangoon, where we live. They put her in the prisons, so we took her back to Rangoon in the insane prisons. But unfortunately, she got cancers, and uh, now she has treatment like that. And uh, my father ran to Malaysia too, uh, first to India and then to Malaysia because of those persecutions. With all the persecution, James continued to share the gospel and make disciples. The ministry grew, and so he decided to come to the United States, hopefully to find some training and some ministry support. So he got a visa to the United States and came over with his pregnant wife. But he would end up staying a lot longer than he had planned. We were informed by my father uh, not to go back for a while and uh, wait for a little bit longer to, to calm down the situations. Uh, but the warrant for my arrest was in the Gong police stations. They come in to my home with that warrant, and, but I was not there, fortunately. And um, we were accused as agitator who caused, who caused people riot for religious matter. Uh, we, what we did was uh, we do campaigns for asking religious freedom and uh, freedom of speech, freedom of uh, activities for Christian things like evangelism and um, helping other people, even Rohingyas or some other people, HIV people in hospital like that. But we did not get any chance. So. Uh, a persons who who represent a few people who become one of the worst who rival to us and he labeled us a dictator. So we came here when we came here we did not know any American friends and then we did not know that uh, Burmese people that we can rely on or who can help us. 
Uh, so we were struggle for a while with living with some other families. After two months here, his wife gave birth to their first child. They floated from house to house, and James sought legal advice and an advocate to take up his case. He found a lawyer at Dunwoody Baptist who would represent him, and that was the first of many relationships that helped he and his young family get started here. We visited there, and um, there were a lot of godly people who listens us and who willing to help us. I met a Nigerian missionary, Bayou. After the meeting, Bayou want me to Bayou want to bring me to his office in Claxton. At this time, I already do a, a few of uh, ministry in Claxton's for evangelism and church planting uh, because that I believe that this is my heart and what God's called me to do. So Bayou bring me and he said, he's willing to help me in different ways he can. So he become like the angels for us and um, foods. Um, and then later he gave us apartment complex that we can live in. So, and then I can, I can do, I can continue my ministry in Claxton area. Um, our times, our early times in Claxton was like we are in the in the middle of uh, desert. Even though the country and the America is so, so rich, we are in desert. That is what we first think because we do not know anyone that who can be our friend or who will, who will be able to help us because we need help this time. But we, we believe that God has brought us here and he has some reasons and he will he will take care of us. Now at this point in the story, James has come to faith through the witness of his mom. Uh, he immediately began sharing and making disciples. He faced persecution as a result and he comes decided to come to the United States to find support only to end up stuck here by God's providence in order to reach Burmese people here. Now imagine that. Not being able to return home simply because of your faith, because you're a pastor and preaching the good news of Jesus. Most of us in this situation would probably be thinking about our loneliness, uh, learning a new culture, trying to care for a young wife and baby, just figuring out what our future will be. But James sees the opportunity and focuses back on its calling. We walk in front of the apartment complex around and walk, walk every evening and we hear somebody speaking our language and I, my wife said, you hear that? And I said, yes, that is Burmese. Let's go get the, knock the door. And then we knocked the door and there was Burmese family and uh, they were Buddhist and um, we start visit them and we share what we believe and about Jesus and uh, she become believer and then with her and then me my wife three of us that always met there for Bible study and then we asked her who else are in this area who are in, is there Burmese people in this area so she know everyone so we visit with her different families Burmese people and then uh, those people got 
God gave those people to us and they become believers and now uh, God bless us eight house churches with 176 people when we start three of us uh, even in that three one is unbeliever yet um, but see see become a believer soon and then three of us start like that and now God is blessing us with dif different people groups and uh, different dialects but we all are in the same heart and very uni very united in Christ so we can meet every week with these people that is so blessing there are about 12,000 Burmese in the Atlanta area, a roughly 226,000 in the United States as of 2016. Well, in Burma, we speak 155 languages. Uh, here in Claxton's, 24 Burmese people are unreached Burmese people. Those people group, those 24 people groups speak different languages, different traditions. Uh, they are unreached they never heard about jesus christ so what we do is we visit door to door house to house apartment to apartments for preaching the gospel and sharing our belief and uh following up and then after that we train them we teach them when they become believers we baptize them they uh they they come into our house churches early church is light early church movement when we look back to back to the early church movement uh they worship in the house not they didn't have a church building and it was very very uh fast for multiply this time even paul time uh millions of people become uh, follow up christ um so i believe that early church movement is what we we should do uh, that's why we 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 started how church movement in burma uh, and it was pretty pretty fast very fast multiplications when we do how church uh, I, the reasons i believe is uh buddhist in buddhist and uh admetics or some other religious in burma they do not want to go to the Christian church building because they know that they are not Christian so even if we invite them come to our church they will not uh, so what we do is come to our home they will come and then if in, in the house we, we, we teach them we worship our God we sing a songs uh, we read the Bible, so they participate and they learn. Um, so that was that's even here in Claxton. Uh, when I invite people to come to the church, they won't. They will not come. So I invite them to come to the home group that we meet, and then I don't say a church. Come to my group, and they will come. And uh, our our system is like open door system. Everybody can come, uh, and I ask everyone to bring their friends who are not believers, or who are Buddhists, or who are like animistic or Muslim. Bring, uh, so they they bring their friends, 
that is that is a very good model to multiply believers disciples and then um, it is it is good it is good and it is easier to multiply disciples with a smaller group um, so that is I believe that that is a very good principle to practice um, I do not I do not mean that we should not go to the church building that is a good thing to do uh, and we need to do that too because uh, believers we should gather together and praise and uh, worship our God together encourage together fellowship you know that's what we need to do uh, but in the evangelistic church planting movement when we really do that I think how church is very very good and very fast to multiply and reproduce so how do you develop leaders that is a hard part of my ministry life and um, now we have eight house churches in Claxton I need uh, I need uh, leaders who will be able to lead them because my heart is to delegate like Moses delegate you know uh, I can't do everything by myself um, I I can't lead all those eight churches uh, to become like a good disciples um, at the same times so what I do is who translate me when I preach do all of those become my disciples like Jesus pick up pick out 12 in this 12 three um, so in in this how in my house church leadership uh, I want all of the members who come to the house church who are believer I want them to be a disciple but from those all of those I pick up I pick out some leaders so they translate for me they do accountability they do leadership so those people I teach them uh, how to lead and how to lead worship uh, how to teach uh, Bibles stories so I so they what my model is uh, the way I do is I'm modeling them uh, I'm modeling them all of them all, all of them uh, my new leaders so model that is important and then I assist them help them to lead so I don't I don't lead every time every every time we meet I don't lead I let them lead uh, and then I assist them um, so they learn from there and then when I think that they are a little bit better and then I let them leave and I watch um, if they are good as me I leave them they can lead so I don't need to be there every time they meet uh, but only sometime I oversee them and then only sometime I visit them and see what they need that's how we do leadership in the house church um, and it's pretty pretty good only one thing is that uh, when I pick out leaders I have struggles sometimes that it is very hard to find available people 
in America, especially in the in the refugee communities, they need they need to work uh, full times. So it is very hard to get um, available person. And then we have faithful people, we have teachable people. So when I, t I pick out leaders, I usually um, look at him if he is, is he a faithful person? Is he a available person? Is he a teachable person? So if they are, I try, I, I get my time for them and train them and bring them to some house to visit and so they see what I do like that, modeling them, yeah. James's ministry strategy is one designed to lead to movement. Reach people, gather them, baptize them, disciple them, and train them to do the same thing. So the process repeats itself. But serving such a diverse community with a lot of physical needs presents many challenges. My challenges, my one of the most challenges is language. Because as I say, we speak different languages. I speak only about six languages, with uh, including my, my, my language. Uh, so, but people here, I don't speak their language, some of them, and then they don't understand me. So I need who help me translate, who can partner with me to translate them. So that was one of the struggle I had. Uh, and now, even now, I still have that struggles. Um, when I visit them, they don't understand my Burmese, or they don't understand English. They don't understand uh, some chain, chain languages because they are Karani, and then uh, some other dialects they're speaking. So, but God make a way. That is a blessing. Um, that is the struggles. And then the other struggle is like they are so poor. They are so struggles. Everything. They don't speak language uh, English. Um, and then they do not have good job. They make about twelve hundred dollars a month, and they will need to provide and cover all their needs for like seven to twelve family members in the house. Uh, only one person work. I know that they are very very difficult. And when the mail come from from somewhere, they don't understand. When the phone call come from maybe hospital or maybe uh, from their children's doctor, they will not understand. Uh, that is, that's make me a lot of burden because uh, nearly every day they come into my house and uh, telling me this number call me. Can you please call me back and ask ask him wh why why they call us like that and some people will say can you make me an appointment to see my doctor or can you make me have uh, about applications for food stamps children medicaid like that um sometimes bill come from hospital and they don't understand what is this thousands of dollars they don't have any idea how can they give 
that's built like that. So that is kinds of a big struggles that they face and I confront too. Um, personally, we are good. We are so blessed. DBC is a part of us and uh, the people from DBC also providing what we need. Uh, our needed meat, um, our living, children's, my children needs, everything is like, everything is uh, meat we, we have. Uh, only things that we need is that encouragement and prayer, um, prayer for us so we can we can see how God is doing greatly among the Burmese people. I've known James for several years now, and one thing I've noticed is that he is a student of disciple-making movements. He reads constantly and wants to learn anything he can to be effective as a disciple-maker. And in a few minutes, he's going to share some incredible stories of people coming to faith. But James knows it's not his words that make the difference. Listen to what he says about evangelism. We can learn a lot and be encouraged by his approach. Um, Sometimes, when I go from my home, there is nothing that I, there is nothing in my heart that I, I want to share. So, but I go out because I believe that the Holy Spirit will tell me what I, I will say. What will I say? So I just go out many times. Families, when I visit them, they want to share their story a lot. So I listen to them, their story. So I listen to their story, and then after that, uh, after I listen to their story, I tell them that my story that is so similar with their story. So they will like to listen. I, I share my story, but my story, people's story, never good, right? Nobody's story is good. Uh, so, but the good part is that Jesus, the story of Jesus is with us in our story. So when I share my story, I always tell them that about Jesus' story, how, how I become a believer. Even before, you know, my story uh, that before I, I become a Christian or I become a follow-up Christ and then how I become a follow-up Christ and then after I become a follow-up Christ I tell them I always tell that part with my story and then uh, um, after that I do this I share my story to other people I preach and then I visit family I do I do people uh, I, I do help to people what they need, maybe rice distributions or something, uh, furnitures or something, I help them, I tell them, and I tell them, why do I, did, I do this? Because Jesus, Jesus, my Lord, tell us to do, and to tell us to help, tell us to love others. So always Jesus' story with my story is going both together uh, to people I share. Our story. As great as it might be is not the important thing. The Jesus story must also be shared. James has already talked about much of the persecution he's faced for his faith. But the more seeds you cast, the more likely you are to see a harvest. This is true for James, 
and he has some incredible stories of people coming to Christ. Because the Bible, in, Jesus already told us, uh, people reject us a lot here, in, even in Clarkston area. In Burma, a lot. Here in Clarkston, a lot too. Um, many times, the first visit, and then I tell them, I ask them, when can I visit again? Come tomorrow. And I go the next day, I knock the door, they will not open the door anymore. Uh, I make an appointment, and I go there, no more open the door. Um, Sometimes, when I visit there, they will say, if you are going to say about Jesus, please don't and go out. We don't want to listen. These kinds of people are everywhere. Um, and um, one day, me and Chris, Chris is uh, a photographer. He followed me because he went to write about refugee life or something. And um, he followed me and we visited to the Rohingya family in uh, one apartment in Decatur. Um, I, I have visited there many times. But the first time I didn't talk about Jesus. The second time I didn't talk. The third time I didn't talk. But this time I will share about Jesus. That was my heart. And I knocked the door. I still remember the door number. Three, 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 four, three. So I knocked the door. And then the husband opened up. And he said, Well, see ya, James. Uh, we don't want you to visit us anymore. Now, that day is my... My, my plan is to preach the first time gospel in that family. After many visits uh, I have done in that family. So I asked him, why? What's the problem? We are friends. Well, he said, uh, we, know, we heard that you are a Christian pastor. Yes, I am. But what is the problem? You're Muslim, I'm Christian, what's the problem? You know, he don't just want that his children, he has two kids, his children, his wife, he just don't want that they, they don't, they, he just don't, don't want that they hear the gospel from me. So, he knocked, the, he, he, he knocked, closed the door, and then we come back. Uh, this kinds of thing happen. Even during when we preach the gospel as a family, the husband will come up and bring a shovel, like you know, shovel and set, go out. Many times, uh, and Burmese people chew betel nuts. That makes their their teeth red. Uh, when you visit the Burmese family, you will see. Um, so when we visit there. The weapon they have is those. They have in their home a lot. That's that big, not that too big. So one day I visited one family. He, her name was Sumei, about 65 years. I preached the gospel, I pray. 
And then during I pray, she threw me with that spider nuts. With a lot, she threw me. Boom! Go out! Go out! You are devil! Go out! So I was wondering why my my gods don't want you to come in my home. She believe uh, devil spirit. She worship devil spirit. The traditional traditionally they worship. So. Okay, I will leave, and I leave. The next day I visit again, knock the door again. She opened the door. She said, again? Yes, I have something to tell you. And I, I have something to give you to. I said to her and she said, tell me, but you can't you can enter in my home. I tell about, I love you. And Jesus love you. Um, and I want to give you one picture. That is that I draw pictures about gospel presentations. Uh, so the atomistic people will understand. And Buddhist people understand from that picture. I gave her. And then I leave. She become a Christian. She come to the group every evening. She become a Christian. One day, uh, I meet Mary. Mary is a Buddhist, uh, a Buddhist and animistic prophet, um, priest. So people go to him and uh, ask him their fortune. So I visit him and he said, he bitterly, bitterly ignored me. And then even he threw me with knife. And fortunately the knife was very blind. <laughs> uh, so, his brother Lire become a Christians from from our home group. So his brother asks us to pray for his brother every time, and we pray in the group every time. Uh, uh, Lire is about sixty five years. Uh, his brother is his brother is younger, about sixty three. Uh, so we pray for him every time, and then I visit. He already know about me because his brother told 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 him already and then he threw me with knife then come into my house okay then I will step out from your door but I want to speak with you you don't need to come out you just can stand in in your house and I'll stand outside I'm not going to go into your house, but I want to have a short conversation with you. And he said, what? Bali, what? And I said, well, I come here because I love you. And Jesus love you. So he said, thank you.
That's it? I said yes. And then he knocked the door up. I go back and we pray every meeting we have for him. about six months in those times during that six months he still practice and help people to sacrifice animals to their gods and um, they do like they do invite him to house to house and sacrifice his families he do he was a priest but last he came to our group asking can you pray for me and i was wondering why why you, you why, why don't you why don't you pray yourself to your gods and come to our group and ask for prayer to our god and he said well my gods did not answer me so he said like that and um and i let him sit in in, in the middle of our group and I tell everybody, hold his shoulder with your right hand and we'll pray for him. His, his prayer request was he fear inside. Devil spirit, his gods that he worship, devil spirits are in his house and make him trouble. So he, he has fear and he want, he want us to pray to go for uh for peace and gone for his um fear so we hold him everybody hold him and we pray he was shaking like this uh t um sweep what's that called um water sweep yes come out a lot and then when we, after we finish, he fall down. He, he, he just fall down on the floor. So, after we finish the, our prayer, he fall down. No, before we, we, finish, we finish, before we finish our prayer, he fall down, lay down on the floor. Like in the middle of water. He's so shake and then and then um, his brother Lire said that is devil spirit inside him catch out we need to catch out he, he said out loud and then you know we pray in Jesus name we pray catch out he become stable and then he said well I see Jesus you saw you said I see in, in, in my dream, Jesus, you said, he's light. At that moment, at, at, the, at the same day, he said he went to get baptized. He is a sinner, but now he's forgiven. Jesus, forgive me. He went to get baptized. Now, Mary became a believer. We baptized him. We did not have a place that we can bring him to baptize. So we baptized him in the, in the bath tube. In the in, in in the in our house, so we do like that. There are struggles, problems that we face, but God has always answers. And for the for the people that do uh, become Christian, what 
what happens when they go back to their family or in the community? That is, that is um, you know, a problem I still have in, even in my groups a lot. Um, wife become Christians and husband will persecute her or husband become Christian and wife will not happy with that our children will become Christian and parents will be very you know strict on them and do something we face a lot of that in these communities but all I can do is pray for them and encourage them to endure the struggles we, we, we face a lot of that. James has faced incredible difficulty and blessing in his walk with Christ. But through it all, Jesus has blessed him. He's increased his faith and he's brought many into the kingdom. Now talking with someone like James is a reminder of what God can do for those who simply humble themselves, pray and obey the Lord. We might tend to put people like that up on a pedestal, like they're super Christians or something. But then you realize they're believers with a, with a simple motivation, one that all of us can have for whatever God has called us to do. I do this because I know that I'm a sinner. Only Jesus can forgive me. The other of my friends and my members and the people I, I uh, lead to Christ, they all are the sinner too. They need to hear the gospel and they need to repent their sins, confess their sins and come to Christ. Because God loves us first. Um, God loves us, so I just simply want them to know about that. Um, many people said that, well, what you are doing is so boring. Um, or some people said that, well, I don't, I will not do a pastor in my life. That's, I don't want to do that. You know, people tell me like that. One, one time when I was in the, in the bus, American guy sit uh, in my right side and I speak with him. Uh, I introduce myself and, well, he said he's a scientist. And then I said, uh, I am a pastor. And he said, what, you know? Uh, he said, he don't want to be pastor. He will not do pastor his whole life. That is the worst job. Uh, we are so different. Um, so many people do not think the way I'm thinking and do not feel the way I'm feeling. But I feel like this is the best and the precious job. And I am so thankful that God allowed me to be a part of this. Um, I can't do myself, I can't do uh, everything, but God can do everything through, through me and uh, I can do everything through Christ too, so I love, I love what I'm doing. 
That'll do it for this episode of the Mission Life Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about James and his ministry, check out jmaministries.org. Thank you for listening. Check back soon as we post another conversation with someone putting their faith into action.